Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 85 and my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. The crew is back again. Oh we, my God, we got a good streak going. To, like, should we, we can't like jinx the streak, right? We got... Yeah, touch, well, here's open. Like, touch wood. Is there like any the, wood? The core, you know. Wood. I think I just knocked. Okay. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news, before a featured review of The Magnificent Samurai 7. <laughs> uh, no. Just um, just the regular Magnificent 7. Pretty regular, unfortunately. Right? The standard 7. <laughs> the pretty pretty regular like seven, that. yeah. Uh, the mediocre seven <laughs> from director Antoine Fuqua, who last joined us, I believe, on episode twenty five. Uh, we reviewed Southpaw. I don't think we hated. I hated you. Hated Southpaw. Southpaw. <laughs> we, okay, I have yet to see this movie, so it, I, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. I just I had been on a high with. Uh, you demanded Jake that, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and you demanded. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think it was a good choice for his career. No, I. I but, was. That's why I was disappointed because he had been doing all these other awesome roles, and then this was just Jake Gyllenhaal. Nothing special. And Rachel McAdams, like it seemed <clears throat> like a cleaner version of Fighter or something. It's not good. It's just like you know. I guess you've gotten used to like DiCaprio's like clean slate, you know. Like he makes one movie a year, if that, and there's and no there's, there's no there's no just throwaway things that he just made to sort of get get a paycheck. Like you you're you're jumping the gun. I don't think Gyllenhaal's there yet. He's close. You you thought he'd already broken through. Yeah, I was I was yeah, overzealous. Yeah, I, get you, I get you. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of, of your choice. Uh that is vertical viewing. On iTunes, you're going to go there. You're going to give us a five-star review. We hope. We appreciate. Uh, and then you're actually going to leave us a recipe. Any ideas this week, guys? What did we do last week? I want a marinade. <laughs> you want a marinade? Ooh. All right. I want, like, some kind of a marinade for, I don't know. Chicken or? That's an interesting one. Something for, I'll, you know what? I'm not going to specify. All right. Because it's Leave easy. it open a little. Yeah. Interesting. You tell me, listeners. But for meat. Yeah, for meat, obviously. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm a meatitarian. Okay. And so leave us your best meat marinade on iTunes. Uh, I mean, that's probably the only place on iTunes you're going to be able to find your meat marinades. Well, and we'll review it. So leave the recipe. I'll grill it. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can visit our website. It is verticalviewing.com. You can click the donate button. Uh Please, please, if, you know, we encourage you to <clears throat> we do support uh, the show. This podcast will always be free, but uh, whatever you can do helps us offset the cost of seeing movies and putting on the show. We carve a piece of that Internet out and it's not free. We try to polish it. Yeah. Someone charges us for that Internet piece. But then we in turn are just like, here it is free, though. You know, we flip it for like a, a at a loss, quote unquote. But yeah, it, but we, really, like, we like talking about movies. But it really isn't right. What do we gain? We have fun oh every week. Oh my god, that's so and, sweet! And then right? you put us in your ear holes Aww. and listen to the amazing jokes that we tell. <laughs> yeah, we have fun right into your ear holes <laughs> so, every week. If, if you want us to continue, <laughs> uh, if you like what we do, we really, truly, uh, madly, deeply, uh, oh Savage, Ga Savage Garden, <laughs> oh, you uh, hear that? 
We we appreciate all you can do. We may have just lost some listeners oh, no. or gained some. It's you hard think? to say. I think we just we, that galvanized the uh, some female listeners with a, with a chicken cherry cola or whatever. Oh, I was gonna. <laughs> I stole that one from you. You had that? No, you got it. God damn it! I'm I'm just holding off actually starting to sing the song. Don't do it. (laughs) Oh no, we can't do it. We can't do it. Verticalviewing.com, the donate button. Uh, Like I said, we appreciate all you can do. Uh, You can just like, share, subscribe. If not, yeah, exactly. Tell your friends. There's a bunch of idiots who just waste their time on the internet talking about movies as if it matters. uh, <laughs> please send your. We're talking about us, not your friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, your friends are very dear to us. Please make them listen to the show. Uh, your thoughts and <laughs> recommendations can go to our email address. It is verticalviewing at gmail dot com. We had we had a listener this week who who was maybe too shy to send us an email. I'm not sure. Uh, there was mention of maybe, but I don't okay. know. I didn't see if it came in or not. I I did not receive anything from this particular listener hopefully we can get it there was maybe some disagreement on uh all i got was uh a quoted uh my thoughts on hunt for, the, hunt for the wilder people were not taken well it, oh it was interesting a hypothetical start to a letter which i really enjoyed and i i hope that we receive okay i don't get did you did you get a chance to see the movie Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, so. so we can maybe get into the show here. Your uh, thoughts and recommendations, verticalviewing.gmail.com, also on Twitter, at Vertical Viewing. Start a conversation with us. We love it. We dare you. Uh, and we also on, you. on Instagram, which we need to actually get, like, re- we need to really get our Instagram game on. It's pretty pathetic at this point. We need to maybe just take pictures of cake. I, we'll take one tonight. And food. We'll uh, do that. Yeah. During the show? Take a picture of gummy bears. Uh Let's get into the show, however. Red, you just mentioned you watched The Hunt for the Wilder People. I did watch Hunt for the Wilder People. So were you glad you got to to check this one out? I was glad. Were you a Um, fan? I I hadn't heard it compared to Swiss Army Man. um, On this vertical viewing podcast you listen to? um, By another individual as well. And this person said it was superior to Swiss Army Man, perhaps. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. It's a diff- very different movie from Swiss Army Man, but uh, it was really sweet. And uh, I really like just how sort of innocent it is and how much fun it was. And uh, I think that Taika is doing a great job. Taika Watiti, the director of What We Do in the Shadows, of course. And the upcoming Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, starring Sam Neill. Which is kind of weird, right, that he does these hilarious sort of low budget comedies and then he's gonna do thor ragnarok yeah which is it gonna be quite a comedic movie i think like is it gonna be i hope because he's super funny but it's like the end of well the first it's the end of asgard ragnarok is like their armageddon isn't is it not (laughs) sort of yeah Um, (laughs) ragnarok (laughs) is the war at the end Yeah. yeah like it's it's not good. You, you need some humor, though. All both of the Thor films have had some pretty good humor. I mean, all the Marvel ones do, but like they've had some standout jokes. Well, apparently, it's a buddy film between Thor and Hulk, which makes sense. Like, if you watch Hunt for the Wilder People, it's like a really sweet story of like two mismatched characters, Sam Neill and that the, off the on an, off on an adventure. Well, and no. what we do in the shadows is basically that as well. It's just four roommates that are very different vampire archetypes. 
Yeah, so, it's all so, character based, yeah. right? Yeah, but the, the we agree that the the plot elements in that are pretty weak. It's more of the 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 style over the substance of that. It's more about watching the the humor of the documentary sort of unfold with these ridiculous characters, you know, who are like you know the, the irony of watching an interview with a vampire. Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know that it's it, it reminds me of. Uh, a Christopher Guest movie. It's it's essentially a Christopher Guest movie. You know, it's it's this is Spinal Tap with vampires. That's ex- basically what that's a good way of we do in the shadows. Is yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. But um, Hunt for the Wilder People is not like that. No, I mean it's, it's it, very. It, it uh, feels like touching. a Wes Wes Anderson sort of Moon Moonrise Kingdom is to me the closest comparison it does do more than of, Swiss Army Man maybe. How do yeah how do you even compare Swiss Army Man if it's like Moonrise Kingdom Um well they're kind of all about these people who don't fit into society kind of running away into the wilderness and trying to build their own you know society that they might fit into better than the real one Do you know what I mean like that's kind of what I get from these kinds of movies at least I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't, I, I don't I really, really see that in Swiss Army Man, but any anyway. Yeah. Uh, We've well, talked about it. Yeah, we have <laughs> talked about both movies like at length, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I liked Hunt for the Wilder People, so I will echo that. It, it, there's I nothing wrong. Should watch it. I have it's to good. watch it now. It's a great, yeah, like it's a great movie. It is. It is great. Um, I watched The Wave on Netflix. It's a Norwegian disaster movie. Okay. Interesting. Fuck yeah, guys. Is this about an earthquake? It's about a landslide. Ooh. Okay, so... Uh, Not a tornado. The the wave. I think it's like Bolgen is the... Bolgen. Uh, Bolgen Bol- Bol- is the Norwegian title. It's directed by Roar, Roar Uthog, who may or may not be an actual Viking. I'm not... I'm not sure. I think all that, Norwegians are actual Vikings. Yeah, um, name sure sounds Viking. Like I know, <laughs> I I know one. Oh, I mean, I don't keep in touch with him, but he was a Viking. They're real, so. like true Vikings. Yeah, it's um, in their blood. So, so, guys, I love, I fucking love this movie. The wave is amazing. <laughs> wow. You guys. Okay. Um. So this is a, like a disaster movie in the vein of like maybe Roland Emmerich. Like, it feels really 90s. It has, like, a real 90s score. It starts with, like, archive footage of this place called Geranger, Norway. It's in a fjord. and uh, Oh, weird. It's at the end of a fjord. And um, it's, like, super steep canyon walls down into this beautiful fjord. And, uh, sorry. and um, I like the pronunciation. Yeah, I'm trying my best here. You keep saying fjord. And there's an unstable mountain. It starts with, like... Um, archive footage of the actual mountain and how unstable it is and how it collapsed in the 20s and fuck shit up. And so this is a real town in Norway that's at the end of this long fjord at the very top of it and this unstable mountain about five kilometers up the fjord is like in in danger of collapsing. Interesting. Uh, and so the the story co- like centers on this this dude and his family, this really likable guy, like Spielberg esque kind of family. You're you're sort of witnessing the inner workings of this family drama as they're moving out of town because it's his last day on the job. He's a geologist, but he's he thinks something's up, man. 
He thinks something's up with but the nobody's mountain. nobody's listening. No I one's bet. listening. No one's listening. No. No one ever listens. No one's listening. And the reason no one's listening is because some of the equipment might have actually just been broken altogether. Because the whole of, time? Yeah. Well, like, oh, the, like no. some of the, uh, like, you know, sort of stress brackets have maybe snapped altogether. Oh, so no. they're like, well, there's no movement. The mountain appears stable. But in fact. Fuck, man. It's been couldn't moving. Couldn't be more wrong. And there's some amazing, like, CGI sequences here. Like, the whole landslide happening is all spectacular. Uh, and then this, they have about 10 minutes to get back. He has to get back to town to save his family and stuff. Fuck, dude. Breathless shit. The wave is dope, dude. Wow, okay. Mm. It's on Netflix. Um, Might have to check it out. Yeah. Before the uh, the giant disaster, there's a kind of a weak scene where one of the guys is playing Jenga on his phone. <laughs> Jenga oh, on like, his phone? Yeah, he's playing a game of Jenga on his phone. You're just like, oh, that... Come on, that's some, that's on the nose here. Well, also so he's a geologist, and they're studying landslides, and he's playing Jenga. Like, okay. Well, also <laughs> don't let it fall down. Keep it all together. Uh, Jenga on your phone? Yeah, yeah, that's what more what I'm thinking. Like, how does that even work? I don't fucking know. Uh, I mean, everything's on your phone. Uh, it's a really great setup. Like I said, the family drama is like really compelling, really efficient, really believable. Um, but again, would you guys I have a question? Would you guys know if dialogue was clunky if it's in another language? Like you're seeing the subtitles, and the subtitles may look, oh, that's some bad dialogue. But like line delivery, like it's hard to tell bad acting if it's in another language, right? Well, no, that's acting's a, not just what you say, which yeah, I'm going to bring up in that's our like, movie review. But I'm thinking about what you're saying though, or what you're asking, and I'm I know what you're. <laughs> rebuttal is as well but at the same time think about when you watch like crouching tiger hidden dragon or any or any french movie that like you know we could watch on sound d if somebody flubs a line but plays it totally naturally we have no idea yeah not a clue that's what I mean. There's a lot of stuff that's lost in translation, also lost in like cultural mannerisms that you mm-hmm, might not, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, like dialogue delivery, it's hard to read it in another language if it's good or bad. So a movie like this that might be in English, really che- like a cheesy, corny disaster movie like um, San Andreas or something like that. That is the rock. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, like maybe it, you mean this, <laughs> you were thinking of the day after 20, tomorrow. 2012. Okay, fine. Anything, anything, anything. <laughs> But, like, The Rock is supposed to be, he's this jacked up dude. He's like, hey, I'm a family man. I just have a regular family. And, like, no, you do. Look at you. Like, <laughs> like is this supposed to be a just guy, like, a guy living you. in a house, just like a suburban guy? Like, hey, how's it going? Like, what? Like, wearing tight, like, The Rock doesn't look like a, a regular guy. Like, no, there's. You can't play a Tom, like, Hanks kind of dude. But anyway. Oh, I would love to see that. This, this movie doesn't come across as cheesy because. It's in another language, which helps it. So, like, that alone gives it a leg up because it's in Norwegian. So it feels like an art house disaster movie. It's kind of... I've never seen anything really like this. But there's some cry wolf scenario stuff, right? He's a geologist. Do we eva- do we hit the evacuation alarm or do we not? Do we know if the mountains... That's always a big dilemma with geologists, Do right? they actually like, have an evacuation alarm? Yeah, because they know there's, like tsunami alerts it's like in on the island where there's areas where are in the tsunami zone that mm. are, you know yeah um but this when the actual collapse happens and the tsunami goes it's fucking terrifying and the whole thing happens at night which i think is a really amazing choice like at most 
like a, a Roland Emmerich movie would just be all during the daytime. Let's because then you can see everything. Check out all the awesome special effects. Yeah, right. But in this, it's it's dark, and, and I think that's you know it, it has an equal, it has an equal chance of happening at night, right? Does natural disasters don't care what time it is, obviously. And it, it's like in the middle of the night when it happens. Your odds, it, it's fucking. T- it is super scary and awesome. Your man. odds of surviving something like that, not being able to see very well, dramatically drop. So I could. I like that. That's a good choice. Um, oh yeah, uh, it, like a natural disaster in the dark is oh, terrifying. It's, right? it's, yeah, because it's about what you can't see and stuff. And the the, uh, the aftermath is spectacular. They have these amazing sets that look all practical. That look like, you know, a mass of tangled trees and earth and cars all shining in this fog with the headlights shining through it's awesome man this movie this movie's sweet check out the wave all man. right uh, you've definitely sold me on that one the best like resuscitation sequence since the abyss hands down Ooh, bold you remember Steve. you remember you remember yeah, that when ed yeah. harris ed harris brings his wife back in that was, uh, that was good the end of the abyss the uh, there's the making of the abyss is terrifying crazy what james cameron made those people go through he put them all in a nuclear reactor and flooded it it's like let's do this like actual like scenes where they think they're gonna drown they actually think they're gonna drown because they could have i want that on blu-ray stat i tweet out to 20th century fox every now and then like hey please put the abyss on blu-ray if you want but (laughs) (laughs) please please and send me a steel book Uh, but yeah the, the craziest part is this is a real mountain that this could actually happen uh, the wave on Netflix. Do it, mm. Mike. Uh, it's mostly been series for me. I think I mentioned last week. I've been watching Mad Men, so I've been carrying through that. Just finished season two. Wow, um, that is fast. It's, they're only thirteen episodes. Oh, a so twenty six episodes in a week. <laughs> That's <laughs> bingeable. Wow. Um, I've well also done. So it's 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 good. It's it's definitely growing on me. I kind of hate Don Draper, the main character. Like John Hamm does a great job, and I'm sure we're supposed to just dislike, dislike him. him. Um, so well done, Mr. John Hamm. I I want to see more stuff with John Hamm in it as comedy man because in Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp, he plays this super assassin, but it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And anytime he does something comedic, he's really good. He was in um, oh, what's the is it is it Bridesmaids he's in? Um, I actually haven't seen Bridesmaids, so... He's, was he in... I, I can't remember. Was it that far back that he would have been in that? I don't know. Uh, no, wait. Who's... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, any, anyway, so Mad Men Season 2 still interesting. I, I'm i going to push through this thing because, again, as I said last week, it's really seeing them portray what the 60s were like that that's interesting to me because I don't really care about any of the characters. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. none is, of them are great people. Is, is that the focus of the series? Would you say like I don't like, or, um, or did it sort of start to spiral into other? Because I think it be like didn't it con- it changed to the seventies at some point in the series? I believe I think they got out of the sixties. I don't know if they do because there's only no? seven seasons and it starts in nineteen sixty one. I think okay, sixty or sixty one. Okay. So they have enough time to play with that. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's definitely a passage of time, so they are moving throughout the 60s. But it like it really the most interesting part of this entire show was really just seeing the relationships that men and women have, and everyone smoking on a plane, and 
That's like slap it. slapping some other person's kid because they knocked something over. I feel like, like I feel like that's shortchanging the show. Like is is the show not just about hey look at how crazy shit was back in the day? Like it should be a show should be about more than just. I honestly think it wouldn't have been nearly as popular if it was set in modern day. Oh no, I'm not saying that, but like is 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 most of the sort of desire of watching the show just coming from man look at how shitty everything or how you know maybe awesome how sinful and awesome we used to be like i was so bridesmaids by the way it it, it is him kristen wig yeah he's the asshole that she's sleeping with nice and he's very funny he plays it totally straight is is he is he funny in sucker punch what no no he plays a guy that lobotomizes people oh yeah he's not funny at all (laughs) okay sorry about that (laughs) there's there's Uh not a lot that's funny in that film no, no. I kind of need to watch that again. Uh, Red, do you have anything else? Yes, actually. Uh, I somehow managed to read something this week, mm. which is uh, number three, the trade paperback number three of uh, Image Comics' Roche Limit. Oh, nice. Uh, this one's called Monadic, I think is how you would say it. Uh, it's the conclusion to this trilogy. It was crazy. This series is insane. It's you, you, awesome. You read the craziest series, though. Like you always have something insane that usually is like it plays with time and space. Uh, it's a total head fuck of a comic book. The artwork is absolutely mind blowing. The story is insane. Like, how do you keep up with all of this? I don't know. This one was a recommendation uh, when I was in Big Pete's, uh, and I said I like sci-fi. And this was ages ago. So. We, we talked about this last year when you got the first issue. Yeah. So, I mean, this wrapped it all up. And Does one, that it? There's no more coming out? I could safely go out and just buy it and be done with it? If they, if they have... I Actually, sorry, that's not true. I, there is more coming out that are like in between and they're little additional. Because they don't actually tie seamlessly together, the mm, three. Okay. And so Roche Limit is some sort of uh, time travel space adventure thing what is going on here well it started off there was a space anomaly and they were mining uh an asteroid near it because you could make a drug out of this stuff and it was really crazy um but by the time you get to the end of number three it has gone totally off the rails crazy there's aliens like controlling reality you don't know if you're in a simulation or what. They're trying to. The Matrix has you. They're trying to become the perfect replica of humans, but they can't. And when you die in one of these simulations, you can transfer your soul into other beings because it comes out of you in these sort of glowing rocks. And it's crazy. Are they called soul stones? <laughs> they never really name them. It's all. Ev- because there's crazy swordplay going on because there's this guy <laughs> Moscow with samurai swords chasing you and he has taken so much of the drug that like he's a psychic and he's on the alien Yeah, this yeah. I remember this being Holy totally shit. insane. Yeah. The black sun changes you and there's a t- the black tower. It's it was wild. It's by Michael uh I don't know how to say these names, but I'll try. Michael Morici or Morrissey and Vic Malhotra. Uh, this one came out on September 7th, and everybody should check out all three of wow, these. Wow, okay. Yeah. It, it's not... Uh, 
for the 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 beginner uh, comic reader, perhaps. Really? Yeah. Is it, that, it's is that a challenge? Take, so this is not a recommendation to anyone who says, "Hmm, I wonder, I wonder what comics are all about." <laughs> yeah, I think I might try these comics. <laughs> yeah, he's really sold this, but I, but he, now he's telling me to stay away. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I mean, if you're up for some challenging reading, it's great. All it's right. Really, really good. Some some interesting sci-fi, some neat ideas. Uh, check it out. I like I, number th- one, yeah. two, and three. Oh, yeah, number three it is Monadic. It's uh, better than Saga. No freaking way. Saga is so Saga. good, but it's. I only buy the trades, and okay, okay. What's going to be a few months? Yeah, it's okay. for the next okay. one. Yeah, it's, it's, this is a this is a good. Thing How far have you time. gotten? Have you? I'm still you... just the first book in, so it's great. Um, Keep on rolling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so good. I also watched Ghost in the Shell. Nice. 1995. Speaking Fantastic of comics. Anime. Fantastic. So this thing, I, I hadn't seen it in a few years. It and nuts. And dude, this this thing is amazing. Oh, every scene is no, just, s- seriously though, this so much work went into that thing. But like, there's a th- okay, there's a three and a half minute scene in the middle of the movie where there's no dialogue, there's no plot happening. It is literally just a montage of shots of like this weird Hong Kong city they're in, and just the waterways and the highway and the weird signs floating, and it's just got those drums and that like yeah. jingling bell, like jing, like. And it just goes on for three minutes. It's like Baraka or something. Like this movie, I don't like. That's not a beginner anime. No, it's not. But you should Definitely watch. Not. You should watch Ghost in the Shell because it might be a better movie than Akira. Like if a, if, probably. If, if, I think the animation is better. But I think just if you're looking at it, just like a standalone story within its. I actually think this movie's too short. It's an hour and eighteen minutes long. And when we're getting to the end, when we're finding out about the ghosts that are in, peop- you know, in these robots and how, like, humans are, like, just genetic memories and how computerization is, you know, ta- like, overtaking how much is, you know, available in a DNA strand. What? <laughs> the movie just, like, when it just starts getting going it's, is when it ends. Um, but is that why it's good? Because it doesn't have time to... I don't know, maybe. ...wear the idea. But the intro sequence is amazing, and the credits were like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like They're building her with that, you know, and the weird Matrix. Like, the Matrix steals so much from Ghost in the Shell, it's not even funny. Like, uh... The, like plugging themselves in and learning shit and uh, the the green font, like the green digital font, mm-hmm. like is just straight up stolen. Um, I just, we linger in the opening shot. It's like she wakes up in her apartment and it's just this awesome shot of her window and she's silhouetted against this like futuristic landscape behind her. And the shot lasts for like, I think two minutes while you're just listening to these weird trippy drums and jing like bells jingling and stuff um i don't know man it's weird that it is that short because they cut a bunch out of the manga which i guess it's huge yeah i have it i have to check that out i have so i have it still i think on vhs 
but I don't have a VCR. Wow. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? So I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. I had a copy of this, but it is the Japanese version, and I wanted to watch the original dub, which is the the original that I know is was in English. So yeah. I like I had to play like a different version with a different audio player, and then play the video from the, that's super annoying. Wow, it worked. Sync them up. It was good. I felt actually kind of uh, like a hacker, like in the movie. <laughs> Um, no better way to watch that film. But yeah, it's cool, man. Like they like instead of having a soul, like these robots in this futuristic movie, they have a ghost, right? They call it a ghost. Is like getting hacked by these corporations and shit. And I don't know, man. The movie we're gonna talk about. I think the trailers, which I don't know, you guys get a chance to well, see. Doesn't them. it focus a lot on the coalescence of true AI within the network that humanity's built? Well, it's, yeah, the internet is, like, everywhere, and you can just, when they, they sit in their car, and they can just stick their neck into the headrest and just plug into the Matrix. Because, like, the hacker, they're going up, anyway, I don't want to give it away, <sighs> never mind. Um, but, yeah, I'm really stoked for the Scarlett Johansson movie. Like, I think this move, this story could be, like, vastly improved, almost, even what you have in the original. The Those shorts that were showing during the Mr. Robot, was it Mr. Robot yeah. finale? Yeah. Uh, look pretty sweet like they're only a few seconds they're but like 10 seconds long I'm, i did not see these we can watch these on the break i'm excited you're gonna freak out oh um yes do you guys have anything else uh it's been a series for me so not just Mad Men, but i've been watching the bbc musketeers i may have mentioned it on another podcast but i got went back and started rolling through those again what is what the is bbc's this? musketeers it's uh it's an hour-long show it you're gonna have to work really hard to sell me on this it's the Musketeers, man. What else do you need? Uh, not uh, well, um, more than that. Th- that doesn't immediately do it these days. It's 2016, by the way. Uh, yeah, like muskets. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, rapiers, rapiers. Well, I mean, the story's sort of been done to death, but they do it stylishly and well. The production values of this show are really good. Mm-hmm. The acting's all pretty great, and they tell it uh, in an interesting way, like the whole story between Athos and Milady de Winter. Um, if you're familiar with that. Okay. When when does Brian Adams come and start singing? That's all I care about. He doesn't. Um, uh, is it, it so like what level of like produ- production value are we talking about? Like, is this like a Merlin kind of thing or is this better? Is this like a Downton Abbey kind of thing? Uh, is this like a Jack of all trades level? Which, which, kind one, of which one of those Cleopatra do you like? Cleopatra 2525. Which one of those do you like better? Because it looks great. There's no special effects in it. Uh, other than like practical effects, so it looks good. Okay, like, sweet. There's, there's no crazy airship CG like that last Musketeers movie that was a travesty. It's not what like the uh, shit that, was that show. That? Uh, that show Lex. This, that show. Oh, no. that's one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> uh, Seven ninety. <790. laughs> oh God, Lex. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, no, it's just, it's just the story of the Musketeers. D'Artagnan shows up. He tries to get in good with the three Musketeers. It's as far as I know, it's still going. There's two seasons on Netflix. The third one, I think, just wrapped up. So it'll probably show up there eventually. Do they let D'Artagnan in? Uh, I believe they do. Because like, it's always the three musketeers, yeah, but then there's four there of them. Four? Why the fuck is there four it's musketeers? because D'Artagnan's not a musketeer. So there's only three musketeers. Okay, but it's sort of like, if the three musketeers, you had one job to do. Like, have three guys. But like every time you see the three musketeers, there's always four homies. It's because D'Artagnan's like this new hot shit that wants to be a musketeer he's and get in on it. And he's trying to rapier. prove it. Exactly. He, he knows his stuff. 
Um, yeah, the characters are pretty good. Honestly, just give it a look. At, watch the I first guess, episode okay. and see what you like. I, I need, I like need the, to read. The costumes are badass. Let's watch a trailer. Like during they're the break. they're super practical. Maybe I'll watch it. I, I love practicality. Okay. Um. So there's they super practical. They look sweet. I don't know. It's it's fun. These are like battle axes and like guys getting their like necks sliced open. Uh, like I don't the think they do that on the BBC. Giant, uh, <laughs> like what was it called? Uh, claymores and shit. Or mm, that's no, that's okay. not quite. That's a, it just a takes, different period. <laughs> yeah, it just <laughs> takes place in France. You know, it was gentlemen. They were gentlemen about the way they fought. Yes, they'd slap each other with gloves. Well, and swords. Okay. Rapiers. <laughs> okay. All right. Check, check it out. It's fun. Um. I also beat Doom. Oh, nice! It's amazing. Hey, was it, was are the controls t- really tight? Super tight. The, Doom, the, the end boss man. Uh, Did you beat basic, a little? Basically, I was I was waiting for Hitler to show up, but that's Wolfenstein. Yeah, wrong, <laughs> well, wrong game. Yeah, but you, you get Satan. Same studio. You get sort of like Satan inside of a weird robot and stuff. It's uh, I want to replay it because I got all the best weapons in the game, and now I just want to read like. Start from level one with, with those the guns. BFG on like a hard mode. The BFG guys, what? Which stands for, mm. as everyone knows, the big friendly giant. The yep. uh, biofeedback nine thousand uh, nar later. I forget yeah. what the G is. The, the super nar nar. <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> fucking gun. Big fracking gun. gun. Okay, can we get out of this moment immediately? Um, <laughs> let's, let's do that. Do you have anything else, folks? No, uh, I was. I did mention last week I was playing the new Destiny expansion, mm-hmm. Rise of Iron. Yeah, haven't really played it in the past. Oh, no. five days. <laughs> so that game's well, really repetitive and not a lot to do in it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to play. But anyway, that's that's my review for Rise of Iron. It's more of the same. Hmm. So it's a great system to play with. Hmm. I've okay. already kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that should do it. We can check out some news. Red, I I don't think I got a sense of what. I mean, you liked Wilder People. I don't know. I didn't. I really liked it. Yeah, okay. but uh, in a different. We didn't get a lot of details out of you, though. Well, you I don't need to. You, yeah, you talked quite a bit about it. We did it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's some news. There's a heck of a lot of it. Ooh, I like. Let's news. check it out. Yeah. Sweet. changed.
We woke up too soon. Nine years too soon. This can't be happening. We have to go back to sleep. We can't. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a ton of news, as I said. There's a, there's actually a shit ton of it. We can begin with the... Is it a metric or imperial? Yeah, the T-O-N-N-E-S or T-O-N-S. Like, I never know. The impetric. Um, there, there was a trailer for Passengers. Yes. Yes, that was yes. played before... Before Magnificent Seven. Yes. Um, so this has been a long time coming. This film has been on the Hollywood blacklist since 2007. Uh, the guy who wrote Prometheus... John Spates, he wrote Passengers. This thing's been on, like, on various radars for years, and the trailer finally comes out, and your thoughts are what? I'm excited to see this. Huh. Obviously, you're not. I'm less so. I I was really keen, and the trailer had me at first all jazzed up, and then I saw the ship, and I was like, this is pretty awesome. And then I heard Jennifer Lawrence say, You die, I die. And I thought... Is, is this Titan- this is Titanic in space, right? Like what? I, I don't know. They're gonna make it all. I, I don't know. It, I I hope it's good, but I hope you know we we hoped that Interstellar would be good. Yeah, this looks a lot more blue screeny and a lot more. Uh, Sorry, no, is is Interstellar the one with the Tesseract? Yeah, yeah, the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I mean, like this this film feels a lot less ambitious and it feels a little more sort of cookie cutter yeah and like the stakes are a lot lower lost in spacey maybe they're not i mean it feels like he says that humanity's at stake i'm sure at one point in the trailer well so the story goes they're they're on some sort of you know habitation ship where large group of humans are sleeping for 400 years or something 120 120 years they're going to a distant location homesteading to a new planet and they wake up too early. Something goes wrong, and we get these two people. And so, I don't know if they, they cha- it's confirmed or not, but I think they both wake up. I think the idea is that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt both wake up at the same time now, instead of, in the original script, which had Chris Pratt awakening early, and then... Waking someone up. And then purposefully choosing someone and waking them up, and you know waking up another woman. I mean, that might still be the, the plot. I bet, I'm hoping he... He did That's it. That's a spoiler. You just ruined it. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping he keeps that from her if that is the case. This trailer ends with there's a reason that we woke up early. Yeah. yeah. Like him saying, which is probably going to be, you know, the end so, of the movie, you're going to find out. Like, is yeah. this, like, is this some Adam and Eve thing? Or like, are they awakened in the Garden of Eden in space or something? I, I'm sorry. Did I just ruin it? No. <laughs> well, the way the, the robot bartender smashes his face on the bar and drags it across was pretty sweet. Yeah. I felt like <clears throat> I said to Tim, that that feels the Mark Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yeah, I, I feel like his character is a a mix of Hal Nine Thousand and the bartender from The Shining. Like they're just like a mix of those two guys. Nice. Good one. Actually. Put together. Like that. Isn't that uh, kind of a, a, yeah? This movie I'm not a big fan of. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. This looks bad. It looks really cheesy. You die, I die. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. um, that it might be like a four quadrant thing. It might be like a pretty big hit. These two people are are like among the biggest stars. What's a four quadrant thing? Uh, I guess it is like all demographics, right? Four quadrant, 
film would be like mm. young and old, male and female. Like oh. on my uh, Skyrim skill chart, it's really <laughs> spread out. It's like a sweet evenly. diamond. Yeah, you got it, man. Nice. Um, there's another. <laughs> there's another trailer, or I should say, trailers that we got. We got about five mini ten second trailers for Ghost in the Shell. Oh yes, we some did. very interesting visuals. Yes, we got. <clears throat> you know, it, like it looks like a geisha girl robot walking, but like an old geisha girl yeah and robotic face yeah uh and then we got we got an awesome guy the guy from old boy emptying his gun on some dead body he's just filled up with lead looks cool i don't know if it's the guy from old boy might not be but he's a famous korean actor uh and then we also got a shot of her i guess unplugging herself and walking into a room of her being scarlett johansson scarlett johansson the major Mm uh and there's a room of people all jacked into, you know, some Inception like yeah, a bunch of bald dudes in orange robes. Looks awesome. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, this is the, the few seconds that we have seen. It's and and then this is a fan made trailer because all that we've got are just micro clips. So there's no actual trailer yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red, there's a story here that I know you're dying to talk about. Yeah, I told you about this earlier in the week. And you fucking lost your mind. Uh, the BMW films are coming back. Oh, well, I was... I don't know if if I lost my mind, but... You said you were quite a large fan of these back in the day. Well, they are how I remember being introduced to... Um, what's his name? Clive... Clive Owen. Clive Owen. <clears throat> he did a bunch of shorts with, you know, I think Ang Lee and Tony Scott and all these famous directors made Do you these. remember these, Michael? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, maybe I do love them. So, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Mike so, doesn't know, so I love him. In the 90s, there was these series of BMW commercials that were, it was when... I think it might be 2000 or... Oh, one. Like when car commercials were kind of new, I think, to the movie theater scene. And these ones were like movie trailers. Like you watch these BMW commercials and you thought, oh, there's a new Bond movie coming out. And, and Clive Owen was awesome. And I think he should be the next Bond if Idris Elba is busy doing the Dark Tower still. Uh, because of those movies. Hmm. And so now what's happening is they're doing more. But Neil Blomkamp's doing this new one. Yeah, it actually looks what? so <laughs> yeah. awesome. It looks so awesome. Uh, I think Dakota Fan... No. Yeah, Elle Fanning or maybe Dakota Fanning's in it and John Bernthal plays some bad guy. They're, they're just these like action movie short films featuring... Really, really short. But like they're, two but, minutes. Oh, no, no, no. They're way longer than that. What are you talking two, about? Two, six, eight, ten... No, oh, we just keep going up. Really? They're not short. These things are oh, big man. budget. My memory has them being like, short. No, they're big budget productions from big, you know, big directors. So they kind of want to at least get some meat on the bone there. Uh, huh. The uh, the yeah, the production's insane through the roof on these things, and it sort of featured the main character of the of these shorts kind of is Clive Owen, aka the driver. The driver, yeah. But it's actually the cars. Like each of these shorts is kind of about it. Each is a different series of car, I guess. You know, like the seven series, five series. Each each short has a different car in it. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, and I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> the models. I'm not a BM, I'm not a Beamer head. So this marketing campaign worked really well. <laughs> it's like the three saying. series, fifteen years the old, five series. 
uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're they're just awesome short films. Uh, they're they're ads for expensive cars, though. At the end of the day, the Bavarian Motor Works. Yeah, you 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 did you have comments about corporate? Well, art as short films. I I don't know. I think it's it's different. Like, what do we have to keep in mind, knowing that these are actually they're they're not only product placement vehicles they are directly there to sell us bmws like well well, transformers is there to sell toys so is ninja turtle (laughs) yeah but i'm not gonna go buy transformer but next time you know my my lease comes up is this the kind of thing that's gonna sell bmws it it might be i think it is i think when those shorts came out, there was so much style and so much like you. You want to make driving those cars look awesome, and Bond yeah, Bond absolutely. always Bond always does that with his cars. It's always a big deal. What kind of car Bond drives? When <laughs> Pierce Brosnan was Bond and, and drove the BMW motorcycle, that it, was a big deal. It, Even it, though BMW motorcycles are hideous, <laughs> in in a way, it, it's BMW's successful attempt at creating their own James Bond for their own cars. You know, he we've created our own sort of anti-hero action star. Yeah, and we didn't have drive. to hire Ian Fleming to do it. We just hired Clive Owen and well, now they actually have got some sweet directors behind it, right? Yeah, so I'm guessing they'll have it's called The Escape. Uh, it hmm. comes out in October sometime. Uh, so you, you, you guys mentioned So you have to see this at the theater then? No, yeah. it'll it'll be on it'll be online. Yeah, I bet it's online. I mean, I never saw these on in, TV in the theater. Probably all three. Like edited down versions were in theaters, but I remember watching these. These were some of the first. Maybe that's why I remember it being short. Well, these are the, them as like short pieces. These are some of the first short films I remember watching on the internet. Like that was the, oh, okay. these were web series in like mm. two thousand and one. So it was really kind of a new thing. Uh, you, you guys were talking about Transformers briefly, right? Oh. <clears throat> We we got some news because they're in a bit of they're in a bit of hot water over there. Oh, good! They're they're, they're shooting Transformers Five the last night. Oh Mike, no. Michael Bay's over there. Michael Bay. over where? Where's over there? Well, they're over in England. Oh, okay, they're over in which is you know where you know King Arthur, jolly old England. King Arthur would be the last night. Uh, oh, is Excalibur a Transformer? I don't know what's happening here, but what I do know is that they're in a bit of hot water because they turned Winston Churchill's home. Uh, into a Nazi fortress, like they hung swastikas all over Winston Churchill's uh, oh, yes. ha- the, the house that he grew up in and his bir- his birthplace and whatnot. Uh, so people are pretty outraged. Yeah, like the Transformers just whole franchise is stupid. I have, this I, just like <clears throat> underlines that. Okay. I think it's like okay. okay. <laughs> there's no thought behind any of this. Um, so. But I'm gonna like so. Imagine Hitler in a Transformers movie, though. Like, just that's actually kind of amazing. Didn't that happen in Kung Fury? I don't know, but imagine World War II vehicles transforming like tanks and submarines and bomber, like a B seventeen bomber transforming. You know what? Like, I imagine a World War II tank well, transforming, and it looks like the the robot from the rectangular robot from Interstellar. <laughs> Yeah, Tars. Yeah, yeah. yeah auto, the, the original Optimus Prime. He's just like I would a pay, mo- bl- I would pay money to version. see that. Yeah, yeah. Like they barely have any moving parts because it's World <laughs> War Two. Um, so 
Colonel Richard Kemp, the former commander of the British forces in Afghanistan, he told The Sun, uh, I know it's a film, but it's symbolically disrespectful to Winston Churchill. He will be turning in his grave. I don't. I don't think he will, but yeah, that's that. He must have meant that like metaphorically. <sighs> okay, to which to, to to which do you guys want to hear what Michael Bay had to say? Oh, I love yes. to hear what Michael I Bay had to Michael say. Michael Bay had a really suddenly eloquent response. Churchill would be smiling about last night. I guess they're talking about the film shoot that he just did. They haven't seen the movie. They don't know the ending, and they don't know how Churchill is the hero of this movie. When you see the movie, you'll understand. And I'm, for one, probably more than any director in the world, shot more veterans and more active military men and women in my movies. And you can actually look it up, okay? I would do nothing to disrespect veterans. He actually says, okay, question mark. Okay? You can actually look it up, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, I mean, there's a bit of truth there. He's talking about, he does, his movies are very pro-military. You can't accuse this guy of, like, disrespect. Like, Michael Bay and is pro-military? You would never know it, right? Just including <laughs> Nothing explodes in his All movies. of his movies are just ads for the army. So to, to accuse him of like being disrespectful to veterans, he's like, whoa, whoa. I could see him being defensive. I think all of his films are disrespectful to veterans. <laughs> they glorify violence in such a way that it just uh, downplays yeah, all of PTSD, it. If you have PTSD, you have never seen a Michael Bay movie because they're all triggers. He just has no fucking clue. Wow. Yeah. Pretty hilarious, <laughs> right? So Transformers 5... If it's about, I gotta say, man, if if it's about, like, King Arthur and Excalibur, and then also, like, Hitler maybe trying to get, like, some Transformer Excalibur, like... That sounds ridiculous. It's actually a premise that is I'm the, most, the most interesting Transformers <laughs> synopsis I've ever heard. Like, if people, if people find out that Hitler, like, Hitler sells, I'll be honest with you, like, it does. People, like, if they hear that Hitler's involved, they like... Inglorious Bastards exactly. is one of my favorite. Um... So you guys remember the director Curtis Hansen? Do you guys remember this guy? He passed away uh, just what, this week. What, what did he direct? He did uh, the Hand That Rocks the Cradle. He did the River Wild. He oh, did L.A. Confidential. Oh, okay. Uh, he did uh, Wonder Boys, and he did Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Shit. Okay. This guy was keeping it kind of real in the late '90s, mid '90s. Okay. Uh, yeah, passed away natural causes. Kind of sucks. He hasn't made anything cool in ages, though. Was he with the? Fernandez on the boat. You remember the River Wild? Jose Fernandez, I mean, the baseball player. Uh, no, he that just, sucks. Yeah, he just passed away this week as well. Um, so there's a weird story about the Jumanji reboot. The whole thing? Yeah. Is it? I, I saw a picture from this with The Rock in it. Yeah, and it looks really ridiculous. And all their names. Yeah, and they were, their names. Karen it, Gillan and Jack Black and... Yeah, mm-hmm. all their names were like game player names, like yeah. their game piece names, like something out of Clue, like, you know. Well, do you want to know what actually is going on with the movie? Yes, I yes. do. Jumanji is a video game. Because, of course. Wah, wah. It's not a board game anymore. It's a VR experience, no, it's, man. It's a board game that you find in the attic. Yeah, no, it's, that's not what, That's not the new Jumanji movie. The new Jumanji movie is like literally like an online like game called Jumanji. Online? Yeah, and it's like they're in like a VR game or some shit. And that's why like everyone's that's mad at That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Who designed it? Who are the coders? Who like, are the programmers behind that? Hyperbole, game? but um like still. Karen Gillan's outfits really like revealing and everyone was pissed off about it. Like she looks really like sort of scantily clad. She's like a very uh Tomb Raider kind of look, right? Yeah. Uh and Polygons. everyone was like, "Oh, why is this?" 
and they're like, oh, there's a good reason for it. And it's because, like, it's a video game. Like, it's an actual game. So, <clears throat> what? That's not. How's that a good reason? No, it's a bad reason. And how is that a good idea? <laughs> it's terrible. But they who? probably think this is going to be great for the the kids are going to think this is great. Who? Oh, my. Because God. you show kids Jumanji today and they laugh. Meanwhile, the board games are actually, like, really big and making, like, a big comeback. Yeah. Like yes, you, they are. You could, like,. You could easily have this still be a board game and then get a load of this. I'm still sell the game. Still waiting for the D and D movie. There's, there's been a been few. <laughs> Jeremy Irons already uh, delivered that to you. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, do you guys like Paul Dano? I know you guys do. Yep. I know you guys. Yeah, like he's this weird guy. looking, but he's great. He's di- making his directorial debut. Ooh. What? And Jake Gyllenhaal and Carey Mulligan will star, and it's called Wildlife. Sounds not the greatest plot. It's about a kid who watches his parents divorce from like within. What sounds pretty? Sounds pretty sad. <clears throat> kid watches parents separate. You know, above him basically as he grows up. Uh, I don't know if I want to see that, but that sounds like an amazing wildlife. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wonder. He'll. I wonder if he'll have like little delusions to. Yeah. This is going to be a heavy one, I think. Interesting. Idiocracy is coming back to theaters for its 10th anniversary. This movie is so good. It's only coming to Draft House Cinema, so this story is basically not applicable to at least us. In Canada. Uh, is, it coming up, is it coming up before the election? That's the idea. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure when Idiocracy came out in theaters originally. I don't think it really did. Have even. you seen this movie yet? I have seen Idiocracy, indeed. Okay. okay. Uh, it's what plants crave. Yeah. Yeah, Brondo. Brondo. It's electrolytes. A, it's got electrolytes, yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw an article this week that's, that was entitled... It was very aggressive. Uh, I didn't like the article very much. Uh, the article was kind of shaming me, but uh, it said that Idiocracy is a cruel movie and you should feel bad for liking it. What? What sort of merit was in this article? It argued that... Uh, the central theme of idiocracy being that the stupid people uh, pro- reproduce pro- more, pro- procreated more, and uh, you know, thus like idiots took over the world. Like that is a very negative attitude towards like poor people and people of low intelligence. And it was like the article is taking a very high road, very smug. Like you shouldn't make fun of people, you know, you know, unintelligent poor people. That's wrong. Like that that was sort of the angle that it was that's, yeah, but that's not the point. That's yeah. missing the point. Yeah. So sorry, it was a smug article writer. I think it might have been Catherine Trendacosta again, remember the uh <laughs> she was the author of the old jungle book article that pissed us off. It was the uh Rudyard Kipling, you know, is an asshole and you should feel bad kind of same article. I don't know why Gawker is into these kind of like Yeah, we don't have to worry about them for much longer. I guess that's true. <laughs> Uh, well, Gawker is no longer around. Well, their their family of websites still have the same writers, I would imagine. So yep. it doesn't matter who owns them; still the same dumbasses writing articles. I just for hope them. whoever buys them will just fire her. Fire, for being <laughs> yeah. Bad. Uh, being a loudmouth. <laughs> Our final story, P brain, is uh, Bill Hader is joining the cast of Power Rangers. Yes, as as ay 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 ay. What is what even is this movie? <laughs> Like what it, is what it the might hell? be the best? I, know. I what have I been saying for months, and you guys have been cussing so, me out? 
like the, I remember the posters, when the posters came out. I don't know if, if you guys saw those. If they're planning seven of these already, it <laughs> must be a work of art. Oh my god! I wonder if there's like an in, a film for each each of the Rangers. I hope so. <laughs> Are you singing X Files over there? No, I'm getting excited for Power Rangers. Wow! I, I was thinking about this because like. The, the, when the the first Power Ranger movie came out, I was too, you know, air quote, too old for Power Rangers. What? But it was just... You, you were 10. I'm older than you. I'm pretty sure I went to the theater. Yeah, I know. I did too. <laughs> and I was starting to say, I'm too old for Power Rangers, you know? You just said that so that girls wouldn't make fun of you. And of course. <laughs> but then the movie came out and everybody could be like, no, they're awesome. <laughs> Look, Tommy was the white ranger, or was the green ranger. Now he's a white ranger. Sweet. So I think this is going to do it again. It's going to reinvigorate the Power Rangers again. I can start doing the weird, like, jump, twist, fall <laughs> things that they did every time they were hit. I hope they bring, like, I want... Yeah, like I trampoline want, moves. Yeah. They were, <laughs> like, sweet dinosaurs in the original series. That's kind of just what I want. So like giant, yeah. It's it's basically uh, Pacific Rim. Like they might be able to make Pacific Rim before Pacific Rim gets to do its sequel. You know, like if they can, they can fill that gap. Like we, you know, people are clamoring from giant robots fighting giant beasts. That's because yes. it's always amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Zordon Rangers, I, <laughs> attention Rangers. <clears throat> the only danger here, folks, is if they go straight like Ender's Game or straight. Uh, Hunger Games with this, or straight Divergent with this, they they could easily go. What's Divergent? It's I don't a know. TV show. It's a really great t- TV show. <laughs> um, that was such a great joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they could really easily go young adult with this. I hope they don't. They probably will. It's gonna I... be about like fitting, like all the the Rangers. They have to fit into their identities. It's they, even like, younger they, though. They're being it's... defined by their like you know characteristics. You're such oh, a Tyrannosaurus, like, man. No, like the original one was so like it was the Yellow Ranger <coughs> was Chinese. The Red Ranger was a Native American. <laughs> the Black Ranger was a black guy. Like yeah, they've done wanna, they've done a is, good job. Like, this is like. They have gotten. They've done the, like the Pink Ranger was the woman. Yeah, of course. Yep. I think the black guy's the Blue Ranger now. Like they've really tried to like no switch like like randomize it. Yeah, the Pink Ranger is just a dude. I'm down it's for salmon. some Power Rangers action. Uh, I'm I'm getting more and more excited for this movie. I, it, here's the thing though: the play tra- the music. Just <laughs> listen to the Power Ranger music. <laughs> After ten thousand years, I'm free. Yeah, that like it's time to conquer Earth. <laughs> uh, no, but when this thing comes out, the trailer is like the the internet is the like like ratio is either gonna be one like it's gonna be like no one hates this thing or it's we're gonna have like a Ghostbusters level Ooh, like if, of if, hatred. Yeah, if this thing is bad, the the dislike ratio is going to be. Like it's gonna, it's gonna break the meter, and then comments are disabled for this video and stuff like that. You I know? don't know. Like, I think I think this 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 is more flexible though. Like, cause the original one was so silly that so it's Ghostbusters though. Yeah, I don't know. And then people I guess took we'll it so to seriously. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see how the internet reacts. Um, probably not well. It never reacts. No, well. no, oh, no, no. The big thing today these days is to just get your hate on for everything. Yeah, just so. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, Which hate, is hate, so hate. so boring. It really is. The cult of outrage, yep. right? 
let's get into our review. Speaking of outrage, not <laughs> not really. Right. Outlaws. Speaking of outlaws. Speaking of the old Wild West. Uh, <laughs> let's check out the Magnificent Seven for some reason. Shooting is good. Do it again. Sight the lowest part of the V. Cheek resting against the stock. I had a father, thank you. I didn't. Woo, God. Dang it, I'm good. Six pounds of pressure, that's all that's required to kill a man. And they say the nightmares never go away. Those nightmares, they keep you up often, Mr. Faraday? You might want to wear some pants if you're fixing a fight. So that was a clip from The Magnificent Seven. Looking to mine for gold, greedy industrialist Bartholomew Bogue seizes control of the old west town of Rose Creek. With their lives in jeopardy, Emma Cullen and other desperate residents turn to bounty hunter Sam Chisholm for help. Chisholm recruits an eclectic group of gunslingers to take on Bogue and his ruthless henchmen. With a deadly showdown on the horizon, the seven mercenaries soon find themselves fighting for more than just money once the bullets start to fly. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Magnificent Seven is directed by Antoine Fuqua, and it stars Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, uh, Lee Byung-hun. Lee Byung-hun. Lee Byung-hun. Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who I don't know what he's doing in this movie, but I kind of dig it. He was a bear. <laughs> His high voice is weak. <laughs> what is he doing? He's a bear. Uh, Haley Bennett and Peter Sarsgaard. And I think that's it. Martin Sensmeyer is Red Harvest with the cool face paint. Yeah, he was cool. Kind of dope. Guys, here we are. We're reviewing a remake of Magnificent Seven starring Denzel Washington. Who would have seen that coming? Is this as bad as Ben-Hur? I guess not, right? This no. isn't as bad as a remake of Ben-Hur. Why isn't this as as desperate and I pathetic? like this movie. You, you like this movie? Okay. Yeah. Red. I thought it was fun. Your thoughts on Magnificent Seven are 7 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I've been seeing movies at Park and Tilford. Um, so that colors things. Every movie feels like it's the middle of summer. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like I'm at the cottage when I go see movies there. Uh, what? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of get what he's... It's, it feels like a theater in a weird town away from your home town. It's just kinda. a small kind of shitty theater? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> like in some <laughs> shitty cottage town that you're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it adds a little character. I like it. It's rustic. Like it. Um, but the movie was fun. Um, I mean, 
there was a few jokes that were really corny, but I laughed. And uh, there was a few scenes that were very tense, I thought, uh, where nothing was going on other than looks exchanged and people glaring. And, you know, I thought that was really, really well done. The music was cool. And, uh, yeah, just overall, I, I kind of like it. Chris Pratt was, as the world's greatest lover, kind of funny. Oh, man, really? It, it worked no, on you? No, no. <laughs> oh, that I, uh... was really bad. Okay, uh, okay. I didn't like... I mean, a couple of his jokes I did like, but that one was like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah, it's, it's really awkward and, like, you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, overall, I liked this movie, I think. Like, I, I enjoyed myself, but I have a lot to nitpick on, and it could have been really great i think but it failed in a lot of aspects yeah it shouldn't have been a silly my my initial criticisms well i really like the the tenseness the standoff like in the yeah. middle of the film before one of the big fights that was pretty great the build up everyone just looking at each other not saying anything well there was some a little dialogue but mostly Everyone just waiting. Just steely gazing. Who's going to start this crazy, violent showdown that's going on? Mm -hmm. So that was really good. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard was a bit of a caricature, I thought. Yeah, he had. we had never got any motivation for his just total innocent or total disregard for innocent life. Well, we get that sort of opening scene. He he burns a church down, so that's all we need to know, right? We know why. Yeah, why does he kill people so easy? Why is he such a dick? Um, yeah, no, uh, no reason for that. Never no. explain. Um, I thought a lot of the performances were pretty good. They just didn't all fit with the film. Like Ethan Hawke, you know, I don't know what movie he would thought he was in. <laughs> no, I don't either. But yeah, but in a di- in a different setting, <laughs> hissed. Like what was that? Why are you hissing? like he was giving it his all, man? He was just going for it, and I I like Ethan Hawke, and he thought this was different than it actually was. I think. Um, Denzel, I thought was very boring. Like for, he, he did not want to be there no, at all. For, for the lead of this film, he just was phoning it in, mm-hmm. big time, which was upsetting. Um, it's hard for him to yeah. do that too. I think, like he really has to not give a shit, you know. Like because even when he probably he still comes off as kind of a badass, but he doesn't even really. None of these characters to me seem dangerous in any way. I don't. I don't know if you guys got the idea that e- even Peter Sarsgaard, like Billy, he. I don't get the Billy's idea. Pretty bad. I don't like Bartholomew Bogue. I don't get the impression like he's supposed to be this ruthless. As soon evil, as he's in danger, he's like scurrying away, like oh, don't kill me. Oh, wait, like, wait. Oh. How do? Yeah, like, I didn't get him as any sort of evil character. Like we're supposed to hate him. Like I didn't care I think at he's all. Just supposed to be the rich guy that always want, gets his way by paying all these thugs to do his bidding. But he himself, you should, you is, should despise this character, though. Yeah, right? you're, you're supposed to in that opening scene where he kills people. But I wanted, I kind of wanted to know why he was so nonchalant with killing people. Yeah. It's fun. It falls into the classic trap of very one-dimensional villains. I don't care what movie you're in. You need to make the villain one of the most interesting characters. Otherwise, it's going to fall apart. Well, you know what? At the beginning, the intro sequence, the weird Matt, Matt Bomer or whatever that guy's name is, like, you know, Haley Bennett's husband, She he calls him chicken, basically call Biff, you know, call Marty McFly chicken, and, and he... He, he stops and he turns around and he 
you can't call me chicken, man. I and felt like I was literally watching Back to the Future 3 <laughs> at the beginning of this. It was, it was That was a bit on the nose, right? For land. Oh, Why? Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to go out and say, like, I did not like this movie at all. I, uh, I think I hated this movie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I think this, this movie's, like, really bad. You give it a Chris Pratt out of 10? <laughs> what? We're going to find out. I don't know if that... What? Yeah. I don't like it's, that guy. It's it, Well, there you go. Well, see, then, then, then it's accurate. <laughs> he, yeah, he also had a very strange, uneven performance. Well, like, is this guy... Does this guy have any range at all? Like, he's uh, Andy. He's Andy from The Office, and he got in shape. Why do people shape. like this guy? Well, he got in shape. I think he's just like I think he's always Chris Pratt. I haven't seen him in anything where he's not just Chris Pratt. Yeah, is he capable of playing anything other than like a cocksure, smug goofball? Like there's he has no acting range. Like this guy does not bother with any sort of might be because he's being typecast right now, but I guess, but why doesn't his character uh this this weird magician guy doing magic tricks like why does he like he's Star-Lord just doing magic tricks in the in the 1870s like he's Andy Dwyer. Like none of his characters are even distinguishable from each other. Like he's a, he he talks and acts and has the same mannerisms in every single thing he's done. I'm just I'm tired Andy of Dwyer's a bit dumber I'm kind of tired of the Chris than, Pratt uh, uh What's what was his name even in this one uh Faraday. 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 Um, although, okay, I will say that I really did enjoy the scene right at the beginning with him where he's he greets this weird leprechaun-looking guy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's this dude who's maybe like... Oh, yeah. Like, when this he realizes illusion. how short oh, he is. Oh, shit, I thought like, you were a leprechaun. Oh, that, that was real. Yeah. I thought that was a dream. <laughs> I thought that was a dream. I need to buy back my horse. He's like three and a half feet tall, and he's about to get into it. So I thought you were a leprechaun. He's having this standoff with this guy, and this little tiny short guy, he just slowly reaches and puts his hand on his gun. And I just love what Chris Pratt goes, now why did you have to go and put your hand on your gun? I got just we thought, were having a gentleman's conversation. I, I, I mean, I just thought that was a great way to illustrate like how volatile the old west was. Like, yeah. all you needed to do to sort of like every you know, it was such a thin line between you friendly know and friendly and and just sort of like anything could just explode into a gunfight at any moment. Kind of at least in the movies version of the Wild West. So all that you need to do is just sort of sort of stick your hand on your gun, and that sort of is enough to sort of now you have a standoff. Now the guy is backing away and he's well, got his guys, hand on yeah, his gun exactly. and yeah like it's it's a symbol to sort of like i don't know you expect like the <laughs> tumbleweed to roll like between the, the two like everything's gonna boil over at any moment um but yeah like so did you guys think the character inter inter introductions were like interesting in any way like was there any like when we're, we're assembling the team isn't that supposed to be a fun part of the movie is, is in these kinds of films is assembling the team is, is supposed to be kind of almost like almost the whole the best part right um, one yeah. of the best parts yeah like the introduction we'll get with these characters is supposed to define them for the rest of the film and for we, us. we get fucking nothing other than uh byung hung lee's character billy i like that where he throws his steel hairpin into the guy's chest in a in a duel <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and then uh, that was Ethan pretty Hawk good. Ethan Hawke makes money off it. Yeah, he's just like, I did like the shot of Ethan Hawke sort of just relaxing on the fence with his feet up. Yeah, it's it looks really authentic and very old school, and it feels really like 
yeah the, i thought we were having some cool i liked when they found the bear with and and i like that joke that chris pratt makes when he you know he's like i do believe that bear had people clothes on <laughs> yeah i loved vincent d'onofrio in this movie yeah uh, he's such a great actor that guy isn't he is even like his little mannerisms the way he would chew stuff and the way he held his arms just his posture he would like stomp his feet a little bit here and there like he's really doing something interesting with this character and there's he has no good reason to do it like there's no. like this is a magnificent seven remake by antoine fuqua no offense decent director but he does movies like southpaw and training day good stuff but you don't need to have this like King daniel Kong, you don't need to go Kong. daniel day lewis on your character vince vincent d'onofrio is going all method here on this guy uh and, and has this really high voice that is kind of off-putting I'm, my audience was giggling at everything he said yeah at the beginning it was very comical it, it was i didn't people didn't know i mean i guess it's usual bearded man in the old west you expect the gruff yeah so he's just like turning that on its head he, he's just like i'm tired of doing that shtick I, you know i mean it, it would be too obvious for me to just do a gravelly sounding voice so i'm gonna talk like this i'm a weird sounder like it's super weird uh but at least it's interesting i like it no i i, I you you actually kind of really start to He's yeah. one of the more interesting characters he's in the movie. He's always talking like Bible quotes. Because there's something interesting going on, and he actually kind of wants... He's like the only guy who wants to be on set, for Christ's sake. Like, and Denzel Washington, like, I want to get the... Like, they want to get the fuck out of there. He has one of the funniest lines in the movie, too, D'Onofrio, using that that voice. Because, when, like, you finally, you, like, understand what he's saying, and you don't think it's funny anymore. And then Red Harvest oh, yeah. says, <laughs> I'm hungry. And they're like, oh, shit, you can speak English. And then off camera, you you know, he's following him and he's like, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was actually good. Like, there were very subtle, like, humor beats. Like, the beats of, like, he did not do much, but the audience really picked up on everything that he was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, he was really great to watch, which is more than you can say about, like, almost every actor in this movie who just is, is so uninterested. Uh, did you see how the script is by Nick Pizzolatto? I recognize his name. He's the guy who did True Detective. Season, Season two? <laughs> Season one. Oh. What? what? Yeah, he's the guy sort of behind both seasons, I think. But well, it's but this is a remake of something else. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. different, right? Yeah, I wonder how much the script might have changed because it seems like Denzel would want as much screen time as possible, and that really detracts from the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he. There's no reason for him to be in all of these scenes. He doesn't do much. No, and I wanted to know. Like, I didn't. I I knew enough about him. He there's Chism. something going on. He wants revenge on this guy for something. Cool. We don't find out until the very end what that is. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. All the other characters. I want more info. Yeah, that's who kind of we're here to see, right? All the ragtag. Give me more stuff on Red Harvest. Like, but we don't. Yeah. All that he said is the elders. Like that. You're like, I want to at least see. A glimpse. Who's this exiled Comanche? That, yeah, the other man, one. The disgrace. You guys, you guys got a lot out of this. Eh? Like, I did not get any sense that any of these characters were like uh, the only people capable of pulling off this. So we got to take the town back, right? That's the only people who are capable. We got to bring these seven dudes together. These are the only guys that can do it. Like, I don't think that's what it was. I think it was just simply the seven nearest. Like, it was like Apocalypse's uh, <laughs> Four Horsemen. It's like, okay. hey, you're here. 
<laughs> I'll take you on. So it's not sort of a case of you know, our only hope is this team of ragtag hotheads. That's that. You I know, this is our last hope. Is it's more these like, idiots? It's more like we need a ragtag. It's like we're looking for a group. Oh look, here's a bunch. Here's like a guy that can get a group. And well, it's not the group. It's just like we're gonna try. Okay, so that's why they guys they don't seem skilled or capable. Really, well, that like, they, they don't seem like they're that dangerous or that great of. A team of warriors? Denzel's a lawman, and he's the one that gets this rolling because he finds out who's leading the bad guys, and he just happens to know Chris Pratt from earlier, and he recruits um, Goodnight Robichaux, Ethan Hawke's character, who just comes with Billy. So it's just like, hey, we happen to know you guys, and oh, I'm a bounty hunter. I was hunting you. How about you help us out instead, and I let you go? Like... It's perfect. It's not like these are the best guys for the job. No. <laughs> They're just people he knows. Okay. So it's not like the Avengers. No, not at all. <laughs> I guess I thought I was going to see the Avengers. Well, in Red Harvest. Uh, Old West version, maybe. Red, Red Harvest, they just come across him randomly and eat, they eat a liver together. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> cool. I, th- I, I really, that was one of the only scenes in the movie where Denzel Washington was doing some actual acting where he takes a bite <laughs> of that liver and just his face. I love the squirm on Denzel's face as he tries to sort of chew through it. It's, it's, I, I've kind of felt that meat in my mouth as he, it's like, I've always wondered man, what that would be like. Raw, you hot. see that like, like thick yeah, from the animal. Like it's still hot. Fuck. Um, like on those, you know, National Geographic <laughs> with the. Inuit. I wonder if it was real. I mean, it might have. This movie doesn't feel that you know. Like a, a great example of the opposite is The Revenant, right? Like this movie feels so far away from The Revenant, where you're doing everything meticulously and trying to do stuff for real and have everything authentic. Like this is clearly they're on some guy's ranch. Like this is like a, a movie set that they filmed ten other westerns on. Like this doesn't feel like there's anything authentic going on anywhere. Yeah, I was thinking of The Revenant. Like if what this movie would be like if they went for that sort of verisimilitude. Um, there's nothing the, the directing style is so journeyman and so Ron Howard right it's so just like alright put the camera down and film shit like no there's nothing interesting happening with with anything technically here right did any of those shots look fake to you guys in your theaters like some of the um, panoramic with the mountains in the background yeah yeah of course they did I didn't find well that. I would I would a little off topic. I was wondering if it's simply because I'm so used to seeing fake things now that I wonder if something that looks visually interesting is fake in film. But it just looked off to me when I was watching it. It kept seeming to me like the perspective had to be impossible. Like there was no way that we would keep seeing those mountains so nicely from every angle. And especially noticeable in certain scenes wait okay i know what you mean yeah like down at the end the perspective is really bad right like like the the, the river and the mountains are sort of stacked up on each other and they don't really they're using the wrong lens if it's the actual scenery i mean it might have been i think it was done a little bit to like frame things in a certain way to try and get a certain look it's a set extension right it's 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 sort of like where they filmed it was kind of not so great looking yeah. and they and they extend it to make the mountains look bigger and more sort of natural looking well and following this technique thread uh i found the editing was really bad like they just jumped between the seven of the guys be like hey what here they are they're all getting ready a few times throughout the film 
but like their heads were in different spots in each frame and it was just very jarring. They could have easily just panned across all seven of them, mm-hmm. which is sort of classic, but it would have looked much better aesthetically than quick jump cuts between each of the guys. That seems so out of place to me. I don't know if you guys felt that, but well, I, it's a montage. <laughs> I didn't like there's the camaraderie between these guys is just non existent, right? Oh like, yeah. Avengers is not a great movie, but it works because there's great chemistry between the people and they also like work together professionally. Like they have the like the way that they take enemies and and you know, complete tasks is is they work together on different sort of aspects of the mission. Whereas I don't I don't get, you know, you're doing this part, you're doing this part. Like, everybody has their... Other than Goodnight being a sharpshooter. Like, every, no one has... No one is we essential. We need a Mexican, too. <laughs> yeah, there's no sort of essential what parts What does Wero mean? I don't know. I don't know. Um, hmm. Like, do, do you get a sense of them growing together, like, closer as the film goes on? Like, no. they, they should start off sort of maybe not working together. Oh, they're like, oh, you know, these guys aren't working out. Yeah. They're Pratt and the Mexican. And then they grow together, like, oh, at the end, they're, like, really tight. Yeah, when he gets shot, he, like, he's ticked off. No. shot Wero. They don't overcome, like, any obstacles within their own group. Like, there's no conflict within the group. Like, there's there's nothing happening. No, there's a couple of odd couple pairs that would have had some interesting tension and room to grow as a character, but once again, we just focused on flat-faced Denzel (laughs) with no emotion. It's like, hey, dead eyes, nice. I like that. I like seeing absolutely nothing in your performance. Did you guys? This this is gonna sound crazy, but and maybe racist. I, I always when someone says that, it's gonna be bad, right? Uh oh. Don't this, say it then. Just no. In this movie, why? Like, does it make sense to you that not a single person would mention an Asian man or a black man in this? Like, com- like not even no one even brings it up, and I feel like. In the 1870s, like, unfortunately, it, like, it, it would at least be mentioned that, like, the leader of this group, it, like, I mean, could, could there not have been some conflict even there? Like, have a, one of them, the seven, be a racist guy, and he can't deal with the well, leader being a black dude. They do mention that that's why Billy travels with Goodnight, right? Because he's, like, he can't get Pat, like, he says that, uh, I can't remember the line exactly, but he says... Uh, that good night helps him navigate white man's prejudice or something. Okay. He's like, cause I could do that once, but then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they focused a little more on the Asian guy. Yeah. That not was that, not, I think in the, the reality though, there was a lot of, uh, like migrant laborers and, and like railroad workers around. So seeing an Asian person wouldn't have been out of place. I think seeing a black guy walking around uh, with a bunch of guns, like arresting people, yeah, and being a lawman, yeah, that, like that might have been. I, I feel like you know they're they're making a bold choice here, or maybe not even a bold choice. It feels like these days it's it's all about just switching up roles in movies and yeah, yeah, diversifying, yeah. diversifying races and roles. You know, so they're they're, they're 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 taking a 21st century approach to like recasting the main role. Whereas, like, I feel like it wouldn't fit within the world of the universe that you're setting this in. Like, it's sort of like, in tw- like yes, in 2016, sure, have Denzel as your lead character in Magnificent Seven. But for the characters that exist in the film in 1875, they would have a problem with him being the leader of the movie. Yeah, like if and if we're and if Scott's wrong and you're a historian and you're seething and I don't know foaming at the mouth, 
write us at verticalviewing.gmail.com. At, at the same time, I appreciate the idea of just making it just a straight action movie, and at no point is it ever even mentioned. Well, like, there's something to be said there as well. well like, it's, the, it's just, we're not even going to go there. It's, it's not relevant to the, to the plot of saving the town, so why even mention it? That was going to be my comment. Like, it doesn't... This movie doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. It would be a completely different sort of film. But then, like I said, you could have this interesting character dynamic with within the group. They overcome some. One of the characters is racist, and then he maybe overcomes his prejudices a little bit. I, I, maybe it's corny. I don't know. Makes the movie more interesting. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it could have added a little more tension. Like there's a few things that they could have done. Yeah, like one of them's all religious, and you could have had one be like more blasphemous, or he swears, and he, the other one doesn't like it. Yeah, there's all yeah, but we can rewrite the movie all day. We already saw it, though. We should review that one. Well, yeah, <laughs> did, 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 fair did, enough. <laughs> did any of the comedic aspects work for you guys? Like, I don't like two or three of Chris Pratt's jokes. I I had a couple of laughs throughout it. Um, one when you were talking about D'Onofrio. Saying you speak English, yeah. we got a lot to talk about. Get back here, yeah. uh, and that was mostly it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, the D- Denzel Washington when he was eating the meat and he went back to camp. He's like, you guys make breakfast. I've already had mine. Yeah, I kind of laughed at there's that. There's some really tiny little bits, but for me, like part of having a good ensemble cast and having it work well together and, and having a fun movie is is making sure that the there's a lot of com- like bouncing jokes between all of these you have all these characters and you could develop a relationship between each one of them right like mm-hmm. but i think it's there's so many combinations movie. here that you can get into and and have jokes and stuff flying back and forth and none of it works for me i think the reason that that's not quite maybe as much there is that they want to keep the gravity of the situation like so many people die and kind of grisly deaths like how many people take arrows to the chest it's, yeah and like shots in the face like there's a lot of they push this pg-13 pretty far don't yeah they? yeah yeah so yeah, but those are the bad guys and they treat those deaths far differently in this film than they do <laughs> the good guys right like they they kill 200 people easy yeah a lot like, of people get shot dead in this film um so I don't like if they're trying so they, to keep they, it they, grounded. They, they probably should have made it a smaller force and a little more. <laughs> so that's why realistic. You, you think they're trying to avoid like a lot of like edgier or like more comedy. Is, yeah, yeah. Like, they're not telling as many jokes because okay. they don't want people to think of this movie as a comedy. Well, they're how like, this is a what, this is more of an action film. But that's okay. the best way to build drama is to have that humor. Boom. How is it that Hell or High Water is so much more dramatic movie? Yes, but also. It's way funnier. Like, Hell or High Water is way, way funnier than Magnificent Seven. I don't know, though. When I don't it, think for, of Hell or High Water as funny at all. Like, dude, my it, memory of it, it is, 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 is great, hilarious. It is what not, are you talking about? There's some really good jokes in Hell or High Water. It is so funny. Ben Foster is super funny in it. And, uh, like, Jeff Bridges, you know, interactions Bridges with, really with his partner are, are amazing. Uh, and even just, like, the townsfolk. Oh like man, they're, they're, some of the crazy ass funny. West Texans. Just, <laughs> the humor, all of it worked for me in that movie. Like none of it fell flat or felt well humor. Like, like it, it it grounds the film very well because everyone likes to joke around, right? They like to have a good time, and then it it adds the the peaks and valleys effect. You know, is, you were laughing, and now it's more intense. Like this ah. is seven like masculine dudes, like the, like hanging out, almost like a sports team. Like this would get silly a lot. You, you would imagine, you know. 
that this would be a, a you know they'd be a, ra- they'd be razzing each other yeah, all night long hazing and shit uh but yeah i mean we got a little bit of that it just it didn't the the little we got was not very effective i thought i, I just know i didn't buy anyone as goofing around enough except for vincent d'onofrio <laughs> Um, I like. I wish the end of the film he just started talking in a normal voice. <laughs> that would have been good like the whole time. I turned to Tim uh, towards the end of this. I, I said, uh, "I love city slickers." That's what I, that's what I said to Tim. <laughs> and then Tim was like, "Fuck you! You just ruined this movie." Um, did you guys notice that the uh, the score? So James Horner. I want to talk to you guys about this. James Horner was credited in the opening credits yes. as like doing the musical score. Mm-hmm. He passed away last year in a plane crash, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a thing a while ago about like appropriating music, temp music in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Did you guys see this? The Marvel Symphonic Universe. Yeah. Yep. Really great video. Uh, basically, a guy going around asking people, "Do you recognize the music from the Marvel films?" And no one did. No one could sing any of the Marvel theme music. No, because it's not Jurassic Park. Because none of it's good, and all of it's temp music that's been reappropriated. And I think James Horner from Beyond the Grave somehow has scored this movie. I think he was maybe working on it before the movie was done. Uh, However, let me play you the score from Magnificent Seven, the opening song. The The original? this This is the one we just saw. Oh. Um, this is to me sounds like aliens. James Horner's Aliens. I felt like I was booting up Red Dead Redemption. Like those trumpets are rattlesnake. I mean, this is obviously not aliens, but th- that trumpet. I think that would actually Luke. work really well with aliens. Yeah, it's more so like Firefly. <laughs> there's a yeah. really great video. It's uh, every frame of painting is the YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, local guy, Vancouver dude. Um, watch it; it's amazing. He talks about how temp music's used in movies and how a lot of times directors like it so much they just stick with they it. They just stick with it, and then tell their musical scorers. Hey, can you make the score sound like this temp music? So you'll have people just copying other artists because they have been told to. Mm. Uh, I liked when the actual Magnificent Seven theme came up at the end, though, with the credits. The dun, 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 yeah, dun, are they going dun, for like a uh, like a like a film series out of this? I guess maybe not. I hope are they going for sequels I here. I don't think that would be a travesty. <laughs> Because well, this was such a masterpiece, you could never. Well, no, but you wouldn't this. want to ruin it anymore. <laughs> well, and like this is, I mean, about as okay as I don't. I don't know how spoiler are we. Like this is a remake. There's of, not a lot. Okay. Go for it. Like, yeah, Chris was, Chris Pratt's death is well, actually the, awesome. The Magnificent <laughs> Three. Like, yeah, there's not a lot left. <laughs> Four of yeah. them die. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of crosses at the end. The, the the best part of this screening for me was halfway through the movie, the guy next to me, he turns to his friend and he goes, uh, what movie is this again? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, Chris Pratt's death, totally dug it, totally loved it, totally bought it. Uh, I wish it was a... Like he, he needs a cigarette lit and then he sort of like lights the dynamite, fucks the whole Gatling gun up, dug it. Yeah, well done. Like... 
Chris Pratt. Oh, I wish it was a little less ridiculous, though. Because <laughs> he's, he's riding towards a group of, like, ten guys that are shooting at him. I know. And he does get hit, but he's one of the few people in this film who can keep riding and then, like, crawl and then still talk for a little bit. And then light his cigar. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, ridiculous. It took a long time. Like, yeah. <laughs> but to be realistic, the shoot, the running towards the shooting, like, shooting's really hard. It is. It is. Especially with a pistol and on horseback. Oh, and a pistol from 1875. Yeah, when the, like, it a sucks. lot of the pistols just would have been shitty. <laughs> Like, oh no, man! Those and just blow up in your hand, like blow your fingers off. A lot of those pistols are still used today. Yeah, some of them were really good. Yeah, that's true. The ones that we have today are really good, and that's why we still have them today. But like the most of them aren't. We don't have today because most of them were shitty, <laughs> right? Um, the army action in Colt was. I think yeah. that's amazing. It was an amazing gun. Winchester. Um, army action. How is it? How mm-hmm. sad is it that this movie started to get interesting for me when? when the boring characters started dying like when when ethan hawk died and he fell out of the church i was kind of like <laughs> yes that was so, ethan hawk's character was so all over the place in this film i don't know why can't he shoot anymore he sucked why, I, like, I hated he had ptsd remember oh. don't didn't you know that okay yeah, that's yeah. the idea so he has ptsd but then he cured himself and by it, running away he runs away runs back in the middle back of the battle for no reason there's they got a Gatling gun, so you came back to die. The reason you left is because you didn't want to die. Like, like, and do 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 we think? Do we have any doubt he's coming back? Like, do we have no. any fucking doubt? No, no. Oh my god, there's guys. seven of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just found it really hilarious that it was. I started really like I sat up in my seat and got all kind of like, oh, this movie's good now. When they started killing off the seven, isn't when I started getting into it. I actually thought <laughs> when he left, I was hoping he wouldn't come back. In that, uh, whatever Haley and, Bennett, Haley Bennett, she would actually take his place as one of the Magnificent Seven. Like, yeah, I thought, I thought she might. Take I thought some that would be good. Shots and I think that was the sort of idea. And she does get the final. Like, so we get to the yeah. ending. She does take the. The final kill. The final shot on Bartholomew Bogue, uh, which is just your classic, like, oh, someone pulls a gun out, and then you hear a gunshot, and you, oh, you don't know which you gun went off. Denzel's oh, you been think capped. It was like by a tiny and little he acts pop weird, gun. Too. He's like, huh? What did I get shot in? The- like a cap gun? What is that going to do? Just yeah, like well, if it's in, in well, your heart, dude, you're going to die. True. A, a twenty-two is going to kill you at that close range if it's shot. But this properly. thing was like a little thing. It was like right. a Men in Black. It was like, like a little a- cricket thing. Probably you see, you see, you see the size of the, the hole that thing created. True, the noisy uh, cricket. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the very end here I thought was ridiculous with Haley Bennett. She just we resolve everything. Haley Bennett just throws a quick like thank you to Denzel as he walks out of town, just sort of thanks. So my question here is, did they decide they didn't want to get paid? I don't. I even, don't. They I, didn't. They knew there was no money. Well, they all agreed that to do it. No, that this this <laughs> no. Come on. They came because they were the village was like, "We'll give you everything." Yes, and they were all like, "Oh, no one ever offered everything," and they just knew that they were in such bad, yeah, such a bad place. They had that they the money purse thrown around and looked at by a bunch of people. Yeah, they already split that up. That's why. Did it they was off camera? When did? Yeah, okay, off camera. That's a great way to do stuff in a film. And not even mention it again. Well done. I hope that's a trend in films going forward. 
Yeah, yeah they're, they're just going to do <laughs> most of the action off camera. Yeah. Save a bunch of budget. They, all, all of us viewers were complaining about not having to do enough thinking, so now we actually have to create the film for them in our minds. So this movie's way better than I actually I, thought? I, I think so. It's, uh, it's progressive. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, if you start filling in the scenes behind, like if you start making up scenes that aren't in the movie, it's actually really good. <laughs> this is, movie is innovative that way. It's, it, it's interactive. Everyone has a different Magnificent Seven experience. Um, but I just, I just thought that her character, she, what did she say at the beginning? Haley Bennett, she's, I'm looking for righteousness, but I'll take revenge. Revenge. And like, does she I get seek it? Righteousness, but I'll, but I'll take revenge. Yeah. yeah does she, does she get this at the end? Like she, her husband was killed because she called him chicken. Uh, and then you got to they gun get him their down. Valley. You they got get to the gun him back. Yeah. Okay. You got to gun him down in the in the church. You know, get some righteousness mm-hmm. there. But uh, like she just says thanks to Denzel, and he's on his way. Like w- they don't even take time to like bandage their wounds it looks like or like appreciate the town that they just saved i mean i guess that's the idea right they're just up and gone they just ride on um it's a pretty unnecessary movie pretty forgettable i wish that it was more like the revenant pretty frustratingly traditional isn't it yeah the revenant is so avant-garde and so but remake fresh. It, remake it in that way like so real hyper real like how how is it that this movie feels like I haven't seen the original or the, the, the we should have we maybe should have watched the '60s version. Seven Samurai is so good, and what from what I remember of the '60s, what it was, it was pretty fun. But like I'm gonna take a guess here, but how sad is it that this movie is just as traditional and sort of straightforward and you know standard and regular as as the one from the 60s like why would you what was the point of remaking this like you know if you're just going to sort of paint by numbers do it do a western or is that the point if i recall they were all white in the original magnificent seven so you know there's that so does that but it had brought anything new two racial (laughs) two visible racial characters what did that do nothing nothing at all it accomplished nothing i repeat nothing (laughs) Nothing has been learned. <laughs> no. Actually, sorry, three because I'm a Mexican. Yeah, like, did it do anything? I don't think so, guys. So this leads me to give this film a six out of ten. I can't give it any higher than that. I want to give it in the fives, to be honest with you. Uh, Ooh. You've pulled me down. Significantly? Down, 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 uh, down. I've gone to a six and a half out of ten for Magnificent Seven. But I will still say it's a fun movie. It's a guy movie. Um, it's uh, yeah. It, it's not as bad as uh, Scott may have you believe. But I think it's a five and a half, actually. Oh boy, I hate it, man. It is bad. It's not that bad, in my opinion. But if you usually agree with Scott. It's that bad. Did anyone want to be there? Did anyone except for Vincent D'Onofrio have any fun making this movie? That's why I compared it to Ben-Hur off the bat. Like this, like, why did we even do this? Like, people worked and caterers fed people and, and lighting guys set up fucking ga- gaffers put tape down and wires went up and lights went up and they shot this movie. Because <laughs> it's an And industry. no one will ever remember it. Was that guy Storm Shadow? Yeah, he, yeah, he was. Storm Shadow that from G.I. Joe. Shadow, for reals, yeah. Oh, He's man. a cool dude, right? We, we need to see his abs in this. I wanted to see him. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, are you, what are you throwing on this thing? I don't know what to give this, because <laughs> as we were talking, I started to hate it more. Mm-hmm. But sorry, I, sorry. Uh, 
but I still was entertained when I left the theater, which has been so rare this year. Fuck. Six out of ten. Wow. Now I feel bad. Like, you had a, you had a great time at the theater, and I've literally just ruined it. Well. Way to go, Scott, you big bully. I And once again, I've said this on so many episodes this year as a caveat. I'm starved for entertainment in the theater, so I'll get I'll take what I can get. And this some like GI Joe or something. I didn't feel I wasted my money watching this. Like I was okay. Neither did I. I'll be honest. And 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 the two hours and fifteen minutes that it is, which is crazy, it did go by quite quickly. Like, did you guys feel it the was length that long? Yeah. Holy shit! I no. didn't notice the length. Is it I actually it that long, or was PM, that all so ads? That's, that's the the the, <laughs> the length of the film is two hours and okay. fifteen minutes. Or 12, I think. Wow, okay. What did I... So, yeah, I wasn't disappointed I saw this movie in the theater. I came out saying, all right, that wasn't a bad evening. It's just not a great film overall. So that's where I'm at. Six. Six. All right. That's our review of The Magnificent Seven. Uh, If you agree or disagree with our takes... Please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Verticalviewing at gmail.com. Uh, it is in wide release now. We're not going to say go out and see this. This is an airplane movie through and through. Yeah, you really don't have to go to the theater to see this one. You're not going to get... Although the sound was good. I think what makes a good Western, yeah. and one of the reasons okay. I liked it, is if the guns sound weighty and powerful. And the Gatling gun was dope. And this did that well. The True. sound design was good. True. So that that's why I liked it. Um. Next week, we are reviewing Deepwater Horizon. I am so stoked for this thing. Marky Mark. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. They built oil a, rig. They actually built a gigantic oil rig in a giant water tank and, like, filmed all of the scenes on it, like, in sort of real scale. Wow. Kind of dope. Kind of looks awesome. Holy crap. Uh, how much did that cost? I think tons. The production budget is all the set. Yup. It's like a ten, like I think the sort of tank is like three feet deep, so you can have like boats and scenes. Like it looks like you're out in the middle of the ocean, but it's all in a soundstage. I can't wait for this thing. It's from the director of Battleship, guys. So you know, you know, you're in good hands, and there's going to be some sweet, like sorry, I'm confused. Bo- like they're going to bomb some buoys. Like is, they're going to track the little buoy system. Is Deepwater Horizon a board game? I don't know about. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. <laughs> Too late? Too soon? <laughs> no. Yeah, so the, I, I, everyone remembers the BP incident, all the oil that went everywhere, but there was actually a giant disaster that kicked the whole thing off that no one really remembers. Which is yeah, like I think this is 33 people. People forget about the well, uh, giant incident that oh, followed. Yeah. I, I, love, I love an interview I watched right before... The movie we just reviewed, Magnificent. Wait, hold on. We, we're not using Magnificent. That seven movie, um, where Mark Wahlberg was like, "No, like there was like a disaster that happened in the ocean and stuff." But the more important thing is, you oh, know, no. the oh, human oh. lives that it like on on the rig and everything like that. Uh, obviously, that's not verbatim, but basically, he's saying, "But no, like the mo- we got people that were affected on the rig. Who the fuck cares about the ocean?" You're going to want to watch this. Yeah, that kind of can come across wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I grimaced a little when I heard him say that. Yeah, bad news. <clears throat> I, I heard this movie is really sort of uh, more of like a horrific thriller than anything else. Like it's, it's more just going for 
terror and it's the Poseidon adventure thrills. Yeah, it's just like a close quarters claustrophobic thriller. Yep. Uh, super stoked. Uh, Jack and Coke. Yeah, guys, where can you find you on the internet? Red has checked out of this episode ages ago. I'm right here. Um, I'm <laughs> on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. I'm also on Twitter at Michael R. Lynn, but honestly, at this point, I haven't put a tweet up in a long time, so check it out. Tweet me, and I will tweet you, and then we can get this conversation rolling. If you tweet, a bunch of bots will start uh, replying and doing stuff, so tweet more often, and then weird naked chicks will tweet at you. Yeah, those bots all want me to go to a Russian dating website or something. Yeah. I don't need to do that. You can do it. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can follow me. I'm on Twitter at ScottWilsonBC. The show is at vertical viewing vertical viewing at gmail.com uh, our instagram is also at vertical viewing i mean you can do stuff there too right sure can yeah we need to take celebrity photos uh we should have had one of diana bang we are bad at the internet yes we're trying to get better <laughs> uh donations will help yes please go send us to internet school <laughs> yeah we need to know what's going on uh vertical viewing Dot com is what is actually going on. If you like the show, if you appreciate what we do, if you want to help us keep the lights on, uh, you should visit that site. Yeah. Help us offset the cost of seeing movies, checking out oil rig films, checking out uh, what else we got. VIF coming up. Yes. I'm going to try and hit as many of those as I can. We're going to hit up like I think you can buy a five pack, which is pretty good deal. I forget what it is, like 50 bucks or something. You get a decent mm, per ticket bad. price. It's not bad. Get in on it, man. We're going to have a lot to talk about, I think, on future episodes. Uh, I know I'm seeing Operation Avalanche this Friday. Excited to talk about it next week. I don't think I'll have time this. Um, I might be able to check something out. Get some tips, man. The following week, for sure, I'm going to check out a bunch of films. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys? Um. Just <laughs> how can they shoot so much better than those other guys? Like that giant army of a thousand guys. Yeah. It's almost like villains in movies are bad at aiming. Well, they aim like they're just behind. They're, ba- they're like they're, they're trained to aim just behind the uh, the heroes, so that all the squibs go off on the wall behind them, like in order, so it looks cool. Isn't there a fan theory or something that all the stormtroopers Storm are trained to shoot? to miss or something like that's yeah. the only thing that makes sense well it's like they they're all like con like objectors right conscientious objectors they're like they don't actually want to like they'll they, shoot a little high <laughs> when it's time for the execution yeah the, the, uh, the guy from mel gibson hacksaw ridge guy right like the the pacifist who I'm, I'm refuses say, to use a weapon i'm gonna say i'm kind of curious about that film it looks dope like got a 10 minute standing ovation Really? Yeah. Oh. Just people crying their yeah at friggin' eyes at Cannes Film Festival. the The entire credits, and then for maybe three or four minutes after the credits, was just people standing and clapping for Hacksaw Ridge. I find it very interesting that it's from the director that brought you Braveheart, unnamed. Yeah, they don't say Mel Gibson. They don't say Mel Gibson. Like yeah, white wife beater and uh, anti-Semite. People would do. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can see M. Night Shyamalan's name on his posters gets smaller and smaller over the years. And like Avatar The Last Airbender is at the very top. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan film. I like, think tiny. <laughs> like now it's just not even on the poster at all. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I good. can't wait for next week. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, yeah. 
put your put your recipes. What what do we want on? Uh, we want a marinade, a, a marinade. meat marinade, and we will review the shit out of that if mm-hmm. you send it our way. Please do. Thanks for tuning in, kids. Uh, Chickadee China or something like that, right? Yeah. No. The, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick. <laughs> and you rain stuff. Is that what you're doing tonight? Browse with the light on. Oh, you set them right? off, man. And every dozen, dozen. Come on. <laughs> do it right. Uh, well. You know what they say, ladies and gentlemen. As always, keep it vertical. Is there an echo in here? Whatever that means!